Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, episode 195 of the Get Around Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Queeley. We got kind of an empty studio here today. Just me and Andrew Rosenthal. Do I not count? No, no, you count. Oh. It's just it's it, it feels uh, without Jimmy James Cook here, you know, because it's always been... Oh, no, we, we missed you, the I think, the first week that I was back, right? Yeah, I, there was a couple episodes I wasn't even on. Uh, you, a lot of them, actually. Well, you've been, <laughs> I, I think you've been on, except for just that one, right? That was the only one that you haven't there, been there on. There was like three weeks in a row I missed it because I was working Saturdays or something like that. But Well, yeah, it's just me and Andrew here in the studio. We are going to be talking to James a little bit later. Uh, he is down in Detroit. Uh, taking the day off, enjoying uh, his wife wife's birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Cena. Yes, happy birthday indeed. Uh, but we'll be talking to him. We want to get his thoughts on the Boyne City Grayling uh, football playoff game that we had on Friday. Uh, more than anything, I am just really excited for you guys to listen to the interview that we had this week uh, with Traverse City Christians. Emma Mirabelli, uh, she came into the studio, and she was great. Oh, yeah. Awesome, just, to have, awesome to have the daughter of a World Series champion during the World Series. So great. And, yes, I do, right near the end of the interview, bring that up because uh, I had to. Andrew, you said that it was kind of the elephant in the room that you didn't want to talk about. But I was just like, yeah, let's point to it. Let's just talk about it. Uh, but she's great. And if you don't want to listen to us chat, I suggest just jumping forward to uh, to that. I even said to you after that, I'm like, what if we just turn this into – an athlete interview podcast, but I think people would really miss just the the incredible banter the that you and I have, and James have, and, and, and go back and forth. And uh, it, it just it just makes me happy when I see someone at a game or someone in the press box, and they say, "Andrew, you said something really funny on the podcast, and it really made my day when I'm driving around." And that's why that's why we do this. Yeah, we definitely appreciate our listeners out there. Um, more than anything, I mean, you guys are the ones that keep this show going, so we appreciate it. Oh, and our sponsor, by the way, uh, we are brought to you by Jimmy John's. Uh, Jimmy John's, we are, uh, like I said, we're sponsored by ye old Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freaky yeah. There we go. I was waiting for it. I just had to look at him because James isn't here to give us the the, the, freak, yeah. the regular Freaky, yeah. so uh, we're here for that. Um Want to get started real quick. Uh, we are down to the final four on our football helmet mayhem. I don't know what happened with the voting last week, but I put all the polls up on Twitter for four days, and they only ran one day. And I don't know what happened, and I don't know why that happened. And I also don't know why Grayling, for some reason, the two times that I typed it in, when? Came up with just Grayley. Grayley. And there was no NG at the end. Both times. But I swear to God. Do it. No, people. but I, sw- I swear to God, both times I typed in Grayling and then I hit post and for some reason the NG just wouldn't show up. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's because by the time I recognized it the second time, we already had like 40 some odd votes. I'm like, well, I can't redo the poll <laughs> since we've got votes going on that. Uh, but uh, we do have in the final four Glen Lake. Gaylord St. Mary, T.C. St. Francis, and Gaylord. Again, if you are a school that begins with the letter G, you're, you're looking pretty good. James brought it up last week, but we could have a Gaylord St. Mary and Gaylord, Gaylord matchup. Bro. Yeah, I don't think the two schools have ever played each other in, in anything. any sport. Yeah. So this would be the first time. This would be the first time we are creating a crosstown or intra-city town rivalry. Yeah. 
between Gaylord and Gaylord St. Mary, two schools that are separated by thou- almost a thousand students. Yeah. <laughs> so I will be putting up those polls on Twitter, uh, the final two. I'm, again, let's go ahead and, and try to do it right this time. Brendan, uh, see if I can get those polls up for four days because I want the voting to go as long as possible. Um, and if I put it up and it comes down, I, it was just, it was so weird. I don't understand how that happened. I'm sure it was me. I'm sure I screwed up. What if I set the polls? Do you think we'll have the same errors? Can I trust you to set them? All right. Do you have the football helmets? Yeah, it's. I have a file folder on the computer. All right, well, we're going to leave it up to Andrew then. We'll do that. Uh, speaking of football, let's go ahead and get right into the pulse uh, and talk about the playoff games that we saw on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Andrew, you covered two. Yeah. You got to go. Two full games. Yeah, you got to go. To Thurlby, both days, Friday, you got to see... 14 hours apart. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you did some work, man. In, <laughs> I, Saturday if, I, if people don't appreciate what Andrew did Friday and Saturday, you really should because that kid showed some tremendous hustle. Almost to his... Well, no, I'm not going to say almost. To his detriment. He definitely, he definitely did too much work. So here's my 14 hours between Friday and Saturday. Central plays Saginaw Heritage. Gets over around 10 o'clock or bad time I'm done writing my story or something like that. I go to bed, wake up, go to the go to Benzonia to watch uh, Hunter Jones race in the Division Three boys final for uh, for regionals. Clock to 14:44. Super impressive race and got to see Asa Kelly like run with him the last couple hundred meters of it too and. Even after the race, Hunter's like, you know, Ace have wanted this for me. And PR's by eight seconds, which doesn't really seem like a lot, but when you get into those splits, when the 14-minute range, that's like minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, just certainly think about it. Someone crosses the finish line, and then you count 1, 1,000, 2, 1,000, up to 8, 1,000. That's a pretty decent length. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> Drove back from Benzie. I'm like, oh, it's quicker to go to Thurlby instead of the office. I'm going to work for a little bit here and ended up covering the actual football game. <laughs> uh, game goes two and a half hours. Caleb Hoxie from uh, Harrison rushed for 300 yards, had some really long runs there. Game goes like two and a half hours. It's the most points scored in a Traverse City-St. Francis game between two teams, like the total. Since 2007. Yeah, what was it, 98 points, 64 to 34? Uh, 98, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yes. Well, because even, even St. Francis is an AD, or bigger, was like, man, like, I remember a game back in against Onaway where it was in the playoffs, and they Onaway scored like 70 points, or we scored like 70 points, and Onaway scored like 20 or something like that. It's, they, they, there was a lot of points score thoroughly. It was a lot, like, even... Traverse City, like there, there have only been four teams that have came within thirty-five points of St. Francis this year. They started a running clock on them three times. Harrison stopped the running clock three times. Yeah. So after that, where did you go and what did you do? And at one, what point did you call me in a panic? Nine o'clock and our deadlines uh, nine, and our, our deadlines nine thirty. Yeah. That's what we usually want to put. We there. got a paper out in time too. Oh man, I I understand. It's it was just fun while I was. Uh, trying to 
figure out. I think at that point, I, I think was, I, okay, oh, I, I was making uh, Luna food, my dog. I was making her really? food that night. Well, because she's getting super picky, and, like, she won't eat her dog food. So at this point, I'm literally, like, she is getting uh, ground beef, eggs, bacon, and chicken. And so I was making that net, and then you called me, at, I think, at, like, 8.59 in a panic, and you're like, I got to do all this cross-country stuff, but I don't think I'm going to be able to get it done on time. And I I did my best to talk you through it. Yeah. And you did a good job. Good. Because we got a paper out and we got a story on there. Yeah. That was pretty, apparently people like it. So. Yeah. Uh, but in in the middle of that time, Alcrafts wins a regional final. Right. <laughs> and Nate in, in soccer. In yeah. soccer. And Nate, Nate Plum's trying to call me. He's calling me two times during the second half of the St. Francis game. And they're driving from... Claire back home, back home, and I'm like, all right. By the time he gets off the bus, this game should be over. Nope, it's not. <laughs> they're in the, they're not even done with the fourth quarter, and he's like, yeah, I'm ready to talk to you. And there's there's players next to me, and I felt so bad. It's like Nate, I'm still at the football game. <laughs> yeah. And we 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 eventually talked, and we eventually got back to the office. But it was just one of those things. Like this game was still going on at that point. It didn't. It wasn't even that long. It just felt like it was taking forever. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, especially when you have the specter of other responsibilities hanging over you. Yeah. You're always like, I just need this to go quicker. Yeah, come if on. If things could just move along, I, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, we had uh, a, a lot of good games. We've got some teams left in the playoffs. We've got Central coming up this Friday against Bay City Western. Kingsley's going to take on Claire, which took out undefeated Gladwin by right. uh, 32-12. to 12. Look, we, I knew when I saw that game back on the playoff schedule it's going to be a good game. I didn't know Claire was just going to house Gladwin, but... Well, I don't know if 32-12 to 12 is housing them. I know at one point I think it was 32-6. to six. Six. You know, that's all. I mean, that's. I guess that is four, touch, four touchdowns, or like close to about four touchdowns. Um, so we've got that game. T.C. St. Francis is taking on McBain. Charlevoix is taking on Ishpeming Westwood, which knocked out uh, East Jordan, our guests from last week. And then Sutton's Bay versus Inland Lakes, which we are going to be going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be covering that game because it's the uh, eight-player regional final, and it is, again, always fun. Battle of Undefeated. two unbeatens, two yeah. 10-0 teams. This is what the playoffs is about. This is what you want to see. Uh, and, and so we've got some uh, some pretty exciting stuff. What matchup are you looking forward to the most out of those? i got to say it's Hudson's Bay and Inland Lakes, to be honest with you, because... You expect that to be a shootout. Well, yeah, well... 90 points apiece? It wasn't quite that way the last couple times these teams have played. You know, they've always... I think they've played in Inland Lakes in the regional finals um, twice now. Last year was in the state semifinals. Um, Sutton's Bay has obviously won them both times because they, it was on their state run. But it's it, it's one of those things like, okay, Sutton's, the story of Sutton's Bay this year has been there was a lot of undefeated teams in eight-man towards the end of the regular season between both divisions. St. Pat's out in the first Portland St. Pat's was out in the first round. Just they, they had a loss on Saturday. Is Sutton's Bay the best undefeated of them all? This is a grand moment to prove that on, yeah. fr- on Friday night. So, no, that I, I think that is really going to be, a, and I'm glad that they're playing on a Friday night. I, I think that's that's great for especially for eight man football. Yeah, is to get that exposure uh, on a Friday night, and especially with this game, you're just like, all right, let's watch these two teams absolutely battle it out and i said this on when i was on the jimmy john sports corner with uh on seven and four with uh, harrison bb we've talked about these games when two teams come in undefeated you really have the potential 
for either an incredible game that's going to be close and you are going to see something, uh, you know, it's going to live up to the expectations. Similar to, I believe, that uh, Kingsley and St. Francis did when they played. I think that game lived up to the hype. But then you saw what happened between St. Francis and Boyne. And Sons Marion. Right. And these were supposed to, you know, two undefeated teams coming in there. And it just didn't didn't work out that way. You, you run the risk of of having that blowout. But I don't think it's, it's different in the playoffs. It's got to be different in the playoffs, yeah. right? And if it is a blowout, I think this leans towards Sutton's Bay. You know, there's been so many games where they've just came out to a 40-point lead in the first half or 40-point lead in the third quarter, and they don't look back. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look back to their homecoming game where the whole team was on homecoming court in at halftime. So you basically lose your halftime meeting. Mm-hmm. And then they go out and score a touchdown in their first possession, basically the first play. I want to shift to Central. You were at that game, got to cover that. I went and watched the first half just because... That's a fun team. They play to football watch. like the you play Madden, man. Like taking down shots down the field, taking uh, runs outside, stiff arming guys. It's it's fun football. My favorite moment of that, and I think I may I think have we're mentioned thinking this. About the same I, okay, play, yeah. so uh, Dante Williams is he he gets manhandled down. Uh, probably, I think, about 25, 30 year, yards down the field. And yeah. Completely manhandled. It was right in front of me, too. And the refs do not throw a flag for pass interference. And because, the, I mean, the ball lands maybe four yards away from him. And certainly a ball that he could have caught had he not been, like, just held by uh, the uh, Saginaw Heritage defender. Because it came after that pass interference. It was the next play right after that. And you got to know that Central is feeling jobbed on that. And, like, you know, we could be sitting down the field. Uh, and Josh Burnham just decides, I, I'm just going to take it to the house, 51 yards. It's fine. And there was a great one where a defender was coming at him, and he literally stopped for a split second, shoved the defender out of bounds, and then ran into the end zone. And it was just a thing of beauty. Yeah, there's a photo in our paper on the front page of the sports section with the, you you have an isolated shot of Josh Burnham, and then somewhere in the background there's a heritage guy just laying on the ground. Yeah, (laughs) and that was probably the guy that he threw to the ground. It was just, it was, oh, that team is so much fun to watch. Uh, what did what was your biggest takeaway from that game? Central has no, they're not really scared of anyone, you know. It, the word started to spread around at the end of the game that Bay City Western beat Midland down a field goal, and it's like, all right, let's go. Like we're not gonna be, we're like, ooh, we're playing a downstate opponent, and ooh, we're playing a team that's ranked in the top ten or something like that. It's just like, okay, Bay City Western's our opponent. Let's prepare for that one. Let's reset and. Let's dominate, because that's what Central has done. And we've got Kingsley versus Claire. We talked about that a little bit already, but I I love what the Stags are doing. I, I love the brand of football that they're playing. I talked about it last week. Tim Moore is a, a great coach. His time at West, you saw what he did with that program, and now you see what he's doing with Kingsley. So I think that is it's going to be a, a fun matchup. And yeah, we got some games. We got some games. I want to get James on the phone real quick. I want to talk about uh, Boyne City versus Grayling. 
we talked about how much we were all looking forward to that game. I was super jealous of James that he got to go out and, and cover that one because you were going to see two of the best running backs in the area in, in Bobby Hoth and David Milliken. And unfortunately, one of them had to lose. And unfortunately, it was Milliken. And, uh, you know, he's he's going to be sitting at home. And, and that's a bummer because two extremely player. talented athletes. and Who we are probably going to be playing football next year, too. Yeah. And very excited to see uh, to see what they do going forward. So let's go ahead and get James on the phone right now. All right, James, appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on, man. Uh, I, I know that you are you got the day off, uh, so but we appreciate you taking uh, a couple of minutes to talk about Boyne City and Grayling. How's uh, how's Detroit? How are you guys uh, celebrating uh, your wife's birthday? Oh, we're gonna go out to eat tonight. We went out to breakfast this morning. Got some really good food. We're chopping around at some stores right now and. Going to the Pistons Bucks game tomorrow. Oh, that's nice. Uh, except for I can't imagine the Pistons are going to win that one. Probably not, but she's from Wisconsin, so it's the Bucks game. Okay, all right. So yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, no, she isn't she from like the over by the um, Sheboygan area where you have the Wisconsin herd, the G League uh, team of the Bucks. She's from yeah, she's from yeah Plymouth Sheboygan area. I I, I always love that team name, the herd. <laughs> Before uh, we get into this, I mean, I've done it once already, but let's go ahead. Let's get another one. Uh, the Get Around Podcast, sponsored by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Order your tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's. Freaky ass. boy. All right. Appreciate it. Okay. So let's talk about that Boyne City Grayling game. Uh, 1918, we thought it was going to be much higher scoring than that. Uh, what was what was the one thing that you kind of took away from that game, uh, especially with Bobby Hoth and, and David Milliken getting out there on the field and doing the thing, doing their thing? Uh, I mean, both defenses were kind of concentrating on on those running backs, so you know it was kind of up to other players to to make some hay and stuff. I mean, Milliken did end up scoring all three greatly touchdowns. One was receiving, and then two rushing. Bobby Hoth had one. The Russian touchdown for, for Boyne. I think the big difference, though, was special teams. Um, you know, Caden Jewett, like, repeatedly kept breaking off big punt and kick returns and setting Boyne up with short field, um, usually around midfield or inside grailing territory. And it just made made things a lot easier. I mean, even though even though Host didn't average as many yards per carry as Lincoln did, given that short field, they were able to convert that into just as many touchdowns as Grayling got. And Grayling didn't convert any of the three two-point conversions that they went for. And Boyne uh, tried kicking extra points on all three of theirs and made one of them in pretty rainy conditions. So, uh, you know, missing a couple extra points. And they weren't missed by very much. It's kind of understandable. That's got to be a heartbreaker for Grayling, just knowing that it was three missed two-point conversion attempts. And it's interesting, uh, did you ask uh, head coach Eric Tony why they didn't try going for an extra point? I just don't think they have a kicker this year. Okay. You know, they uh, one thing that Boyne was prepared for that, that Grayling never really tried in this game that I think they normally do this season is what they, what they just call the ball of death, which is where they onside kick a lot and just try to beat you to the ball and Muscling how much they to the ball. So uh, they did squib kick it a couple of times, but they didn't like directly onside kick. Did Milliken go out in a way that you thought he would? You know, I remember last year 
he only finished with like 120 yards rushing, but did he dominate that game again? He had 150 some yards rushing and you know three touchdowns, um, and the the receiving touchdown that he had was like 40 some yards, so he had almost 200 yards uh, of, of offense just between it just for him. And then Hoth had a touchdown too, so the two of them came in with 96 touchdowns. They ended ended with 100. Jeez, that's awesome. Right, it's hit, hit the century mark right on it. That's great. You know, so, James, so. I'm sure you've talked to Eric quite a bit about this, and you've covered Traverse City football for so many years. What has this season meant to Grayling? You're like these past two runs meant to Grayling, and th- what do you think? What do you think it, it this this says about their football team and what they're doing over there? Um, I think the the one of the big things is is that they got at the end of the season after they picked up a couple more wins and, and played teams like Kingsley and St. Francis as close as teams have played them, they started getting some notification or, or uh, notoriety around the state of Michigan and and popped into the top ten in the uh, state Associated Press rankings going to that Grayling game. So you had there was only a handful of teams that or games this week that were a matchup of two top 10 teams. And, uh, and this was definitely one of them. And it lived up to the billing for sure. All right. Well, thanks James. I uh, appreciate the time. You are going to be in, uh, what Cedar Springs at Red Hawk stadium on Wednesday, uh, checking out the Elk Rapids versus South Christian, uh, boys soccer state semis. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And I, I got to watch the first half of that game against Ogama down in Claire, the, regional final and uh, Elk Rapids just completely dominated that game. I, I, when I left it was only one to nothing and that's one of those games you worry about when you're peppering a goalie that much and you're only ahead one nothing. And they've had it happen on that same turf where they've had that happen and then the other team pumps one in in the second half and you go to penalty kicks and they lose. So, Alright, well thanks again. I appreciate the time and uh, good luck on Wednesday. Alright, so let's go ahead and keep talking about that matchup uh, that we're going to see on Wednesday between Elk Rapids and undefeated South Christian. They are 20-0-3, so they've had three draws. Um, I, I expect this is this is going to be a tough one for oh, yeah, no Elk Rapids. The, I mean, of course, state semis, you are getting down to the best of the best, and it's great that Elk Rapids can be there because they really do have such a strong team with an incredible goalie that is backed up by a great defense and a really physical, solid team that pushes both the ball and wears down opponents. But you also have to remember South Christian has been here many, many years. I'll have to check the stats on how many years they've been to the semifinals, but it was last year when they knocked out Elk Rapids in penalty kicks. You know, I've talked to players why they remember about that game, and they just remember it being they were down early and they had to come back from score a goal next thing you know it's in pks and you're it's over but the one thing i look back on for elk rapids is that pk win over christian you know it's 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 one thing to remember oh we went down in pks we could have worked on pks a little bit more this year and then you go and go with go into the christian game it's kind of the same situation you're down a goal early you're battling back you score one late in the game and now we're in pks and you win so I, I think, you know, Nate, Nate Plum, their coach, said it to me this way. We want to go into this on the front foot. We want to go into the state semifinals like we've been here before. 
and we know how this game can work. And I think that's what they're going to do. I think one of the advantages that Elk Rapids has going into this is they're loose. That's a loose team. Nate Plum, I think, keeps them in a way that they approach the game with an intensity and a purpose. But they're also, it's a like a loose confidence. I see the same thing in Traverse City Central football team. It's the same thing, and I think that is a, a big key right now to success in, in high school sports. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. We have so much going on. That's right Saturday. now uh, in, in terms of just, yeah, playoffs. So Saturday is looking crazy. We got the Iceman race. Uh, we have cross-country state finals. Cross-country state finals. We have, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, uh, volleyball district finals, football games, and possibly a state soccer game. Championship soccer game if in Elk either, Rapids can In either can Comstock out. Park or Novi, they haven't announced where the game would be. Yeah. So uh, coming up, I, really quick, before we get into our interview with Traverse City Christian's Emma Mirabelli, uh, we do have some volleyball districts coming up. Uh, TC West is playing Marquette tonight. We don't yet know the result of that game, so we don't know uh, what matchup we're going to see on Wednesday between uh, – that's Traverse City Central is going to be Hosting. playing the, the winner of this game, and so we don't know. But we're guessing that it is going to be Central West and hoping, certainly, that it's going to be Central West because those are our teams and we want to see good competition. Uh, Wednesday, we have what's going to be a great matchup between Traverse City Christian and Leland. You have a Leland team that we talked about for the last couple of podcasts has you know, had its struggles at the beginning of the season and has since really turned it on. Uh, and but they've played TC Christian in the past, and TC Christian has beat them both times, and that is going to be a, a pretty darn good game as well. All right. Well, speaking of that, let's go ahead and get into our interview with Emma Mirabelli. Again, super entertaining. Really happy to have her in here. Just a great conversation and, and, and a great kid, great student athlete. So let's go ahead and get into that right now. Welcome in, Emma Mirabelli. Uh, appreciate you being here in the Get Around Podcast Studio for the second time. Last time you were here was, you said, sophomore year, you think? Yeah, freshman, sophomore year. Okay. Yeah, I looked it up. It was about 100 episodes ago. <laughs> was it really 100 yeah. episodes? That's right. We're, okay. So, yeah, we're at, uh, this is 195. We're getting close Holy to cow. 200, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, glad to have you in the studio. We've got a lot to talk about, uh, but I want to get started with the... 2,000 kills. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We've, you know, Andrew wrote about that. The He happened to walk in right as it was uh, about to happen. Uh, what was that moment like? I, I know you've talked about it and probably talked about it to death, but <laughs> it's it really is an accomplishment. And to do it against Leland, which is the program that has the only other northern Michigan, Alicia Glass, to reach that mark, it just seemed kind of like kismet, like that was supposed to happen. Yeah, for sure. It was definitely a surreal moment for me. I mean, it's something that I've been thinking about. My school's been thinking about it. I've had so much support from them. It's been 
kind of incredible how much they've, you know, enjoyed this journey and this process and the cool thing with me. They've all been, you know, celebrating me and this whole thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was awesome for sure. Were you expecting the whole T-shirt thing? Um, I heard rumors that we had T-shirts. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but because I because I look back on the video, I posted it on Twitter, and oh, your yeah. coach Kate, Caitlin literally jumps <laughs> like three feet over the line and rip, rip, yep. rip, rips open her yeah, jacket. That was awesome. I watched that part so many times. I have like cut out and like sent it to her. It was hilarious. It was so cool. So you you said that was something that you were shooting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Was that did you start thinking about that your freshman year or no. a, as you were just kind of moving along you were like oh maybe I can hit two thousand. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even know that that was like a possibility like for me to hit that 2,000 mark until a few weeks into my senior year. Like, I honestly had no idea that that was, like, even in my, like, line of sight. Do you not keep track of your stats? I do, but I was just, I was pretty far away from it, and I just didn't think that that was even... So what's been different about this year where you've been able to rack up those kills? Um, I mean, the past two two years I've racked up a good amount but it's just, you know, kind of worked it out. It's our two outsides, and we have a lot of players, but they're they're young. How tall are you now? 5'9", 5'10". 5'9", 5'10". Okay, so I looked up. I, I was curious because your, like, NCAA profile oh, or whatever yeah. was online, and it said your age 13, so it's obviously out of date, <laughs> right? And I'm like, well, I don't think yeah, she's. No. I'm pretty sure she's a senior, so that's weird. Yeah. It also said you were six feet tall, and I'm like, <laughs> was she six feet tall when she was 13? No. Okay, all right, that I was. I didn't make that then. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think so. Maybe someone was just trying to up the yeah. uh, up the height a little bit to Very well gonna to help with your recruiting <laughs> a little bit more. Very easily gonna happen there. So does your, I mean, it has to, but the height has to help in terms of your, you know, vertical and being able to to strike down uh, on the ball. Do you have a certain style that you hit the ball with or is it? Um, I mean, when you look in the bigger picture of things, I'm like past high school. I'm definitely a tall high school player, but I'm a very short, you know, collegiate player. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I've just, I figured out how to be a little different than other players. I figured out my best, you know, trait is how hard I can hit it. Um, and so I've just kind of figured out how to really move that ball around and find, you know, hit off hands or just figure out how to be successful with what I have. Have you ever, like, so. hit someone in the face? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, have you really? <laughs> Once or twice. Do you feel bad about that when it happens, or are you yeah. like, or you're yeah. like, you're like, yeah, nice. No, you definitely. Feel I like bad. the pause. I like the pause. <laughs> you're like, oh, should I be honest and say, yeah, I really like hitting people in the face, or should I try to be? Um, you never try to hit someone in the face. No, I'm you not know? saying it's that. Just when it happens, it happens, and you always you you always worry for a minute. You know, like oh. Shoot, is she okay? But when they're fine, it's like okay, good. So. Can you can you describe what the club volleyball circuit in Traverse City is like? You know, I, I, I know you told me after the two thousand kills that you grew up like, taking lessons from Lori and you got to know Alicia a little well. What, what's the club circuit like, and what kind of relationships have you formed with those girls over the years? Yeah, so I actually play for a team far out, out of Grand Rapids, 
Um, I know the North Shore, which is the local um, team here, pretty well. I know the coaches. My sister played through them for a while, um, but then we decided to head down to Grand Rapids, and that's kind of where a lot of my connections are now. Um, but it's, I practice down there three days a week, and then tournaments are all over, you know, Kentucky, Kansas, Florida. You kind of, we hit everywhere pretty much, so. You ever been to the Horse Family Volleyball Arena in Lawrence, Kansas? Yes. Actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yep. they just redid it, too. It's, did they really? Yeah. Holy cow. I have to ring the bell, though. Yeah, so every time, he's a Kansas alum, <laughs> and so he brings it up a lot, although you haven't brought it up a lot lately since no, I've been back a, on, on the, yeah, since yeah. I've been back on the podcast, <laughs> so every time it's kind of like a punishment. Yeah. That you have to ring the bell? Oh, really? So. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> Where? But what's, what's your favorite state that you played a tournament in then? I mean, my favorite tournament has, I mean, it's always the Orlando one. We go there for our nationals every year. It's like a four-day tournament, and it's it's a blast. I mean. Is that because of the environment outside of the volleyball tournament that you um, get to enjoy? All the above. I mean, it's just so cool. I mean, you walk in. That's like the biggest like convention center that we play at. You walk into it, and it's just, as far as you can see, it's just volleyball courts. And there's all these different wings and areas that you can go, and it's just, everyone there is volleyball. And it's our last one of the year. It's, like, the most important tournament that we go to, and it's it's, it's just awesome. So they have, like, what, 15 courts usually running in those things? Because they play them in... This one has, like, a couple hundred Really? Courts. A couple hundred yeah. courts? A couple hundred? Yes. In, inside one? Yes. One wing. Okay, so yeah, that would be yeah, pretty it's impressive to walk in Definitely. and see that. Is that intimidating or like what's the emotion when you walk in there and kind of feel? Because there's got to be like you just got to have that weird feeling yeah. in your chest, right? It's more like you walk in and you know that it's about to, it's about to go down. Like you're about to play some really good volleyball. Um, like you walk in, and the first thing is just like the sounds of volleyballs and like like just noise everywhere. It just like floods you. I have to look it up on Google. Is it this one? Yeah, that's it. All right, yeah, for viewers, we can, oh, wow. <laughs> Holy. And that's, yeah, it's everywhere. Like, it's a couple, you know, I want to say a couple thousand teams go to it, and it's, like, all different age groups. They have to, like, spread it out because it's, I want to say 13s through 18s. How many times have you been there? Uh, And how intimidating five. it was the first time? Oh, insanely intimidating. Yeah. How do you feel now walking in there? Do you feel comfortable and confident? I do. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it now, and I'm like, I know what I'm expecting and what's going to happen, so you kind of know the ropes. When did volleyball start for you? When did you first know that it was a love and a passion? Yeah, I officially, so I was a practice player for an older team my when I was 13. Oh, when you were six feet tall. That's right. <laughs> yeah, when I was six Obviously. feet tall and 13, just, and then shrunk, shrunk a little as bit. the years went there by, we go. you know, you know how it goes. Um, but I officially played when I was 14, so I've only been playing for, like, four years. Um, but as soon as I did that, I was, like, hooked. What is it about the game? Um, I think I got so lucky when I started out. I had some amazing coaches that just helped you, like, fall in love with the game and, like, teach you how you should view the game and how you should really move about yourself and how you should, like, carry yourself and how, like, this sport can, like, really teach you and help you grow as both, you know, a player and a person. Um, I had some really great, like, role models, so. 
How do you feel it's made you grow as a person? Because that's interesting. Be- you know, a lot of people focus on becoming a better athlete, but how do you feel it's helped you grow? Uh, um, yeah, for sure. I think it's confidence levels. I think they've shot, like, I'm nowhere near where I was, and maybe I'm older too, obviously, but I think it's just um, helped me figure out how to deal with more diversity and more people that you don't know. I mean, it's people that, I mean, they're out of Grand Rapids mainly, so I don't know any of them. I had to enter a new club without knowing anyone. It just helped me really round myself and how I work with other people and how I carry and present myself, especially with, like, new coaches and new adults and stuff. So really taught me how I need to show and present myself. How do you guys feel with your district? You know, you guys have... Leland in the first round, North Bay, Lake Leland, St. Mary Frankfurt in the second round. Um, and just in general, how do you feel in the postseason? I am stoked to start on Wednesday. I've been thinking about this for, I mean, I all I think about right now is volleyball. But we've played them a few times, as I've told you guys. I mean, we all know that we can't underestimate Leland by any means. They've kicked us out of districts every year if I've played them. Uh, we got lucky, like, two years ago. They weren't in our district, and we made it through, but we're ready to go. Like, we're we're pumped. They've gotten on a bit of a roll. I, I know you, you beat them, but they have kind of figured things out mm-hmm. from where they were at the beginning of the season. Is that something that you recognize and go, all right, well, we do have to step up our game? One, because they are playing better, and two, it's the postseason. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have been expecting this since the beginning of the year. We knew that they maybe didn't have their typical Leland start as they usually do. They're usually strong right off the bat, but we knew that they were going to figure it out and they were going to, they were going to be, they're going to be tough. Um, But we're just going to play our game and do what we've been doing all year and figure it out as we go. How much does the camaraderie of being on a team help because volleyball you guys are so animated and there's so much celebration and it really seems like that kind of experience and just succeeding together is really helpful in in creating that bond yeah definitely um I had a my 14s and 16s year coach Laura Alford she would always tell us fake it till you make it um when it comes to your attitude like if your attitude's down it affects your team it affects you for sure um but your team you're always looking to your teammates for support and if you're down your team feeds off that energy and so you can't you can't be down because you're just gonna drag your team with you even no matter who it is it's not like there's one person it's anyone can drag a team down so she always is saying fake it till you make it so that you help lift up your team and push you guys to be better are there times where you have to do that where, oh, you, for where sure. you go into a game and you're just like in a bad mood oh, or most definitely or days you just know you're not feeling it something's not quite right and you just gotta manufacture that energy and totally pretend like you have it but and honestly that's got to be exhausting sometimes it is but it honestly works like before yeah. you know it that energy is there so then you actually start yeah, feeling exactly. better exactly exactly like you fake it for yourself and for your team but then it, it works for yourself, too. When's the last time uh, Christian won districts? Two years ago. Yep. We won districts two years ago. Yep. And 
you feeling good about it this year? Yeah. Feeling good, yeah. Number ready five, to go. Number five in the state last time I checked? Yeah. Yep. Is yeah, that, we're ready. Is that the highest you've seen? I believe so. Yeah, I think we've been five for the past, like, month and a half. <laughs> so the last name, i got to ask about your dad. Okay. I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. Okay. Uh, yep. What is that? Like, I mean, he's been out of the game for a little bit, but is he, uh, is he an intense dad when it comes to <laughs> sports, or is he... I'm not that I'm not saying if he was intense he wouldn't be supportive, but is he more of the supportive you got this kind of? No, he is very supportive. He always has let me be the driving force behind my athletics, which has been great. He's never pushed me to play a sport, Um, but if I want to be good, he's always said that he'll be there to help me and figure out if I'm in, you know, a slump or something. He's always the first person to be there to help me figure it out. Is it weird? Having a dad who's a World Series champion? <laughs> I mean, I don't not know everybody. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's just not everybody. I mean, my dad's not a World Series. His dad isn't. I don't no. know. I don't know anybody else whose dad is a World Series champion. My dad's an insurance agent. Yeah, my dad's a, re- my dad's a retired electrician, so he doesn't have a, a big ring right. on his finger. Uh, but, yeah, you don't know any different. Is it? Is it still? I mean, we're in that time right now. World Series is going on yeah. right now. Do you think about it? Or, I mean, how old were you when... Three? Um, no. Two or three? Five. Oh, the last time. Okay. Oh, yeah, the first... So, in 04, I was one. Right. Because I was born in 03, and then they did it again in 07. Okay. And then he retired the 08 season. Okay. So, pretty young, but I still remember some of it, which is really cool, honestly. Have you worn the ring? Has he allowed you to put the ring on? I can put the ring on, yes. Okay. I don't, I don't leave the house with the ring, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be too scared to do that. <laughs> so you said you remember some of the, some of it. What? Yeah. What do you remember? Um, I mean, I remember the people, and there was always like. Were you ever in the locker room? Did he ever bring you in the locker room? <laughs> I've Did, seen it oh all there. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it all. Um, there was like so at the at Fenway Park. There is the like family room where all of the, you know. You can bring anyone, your grandparents or the moms, the wives usually hang out with there and the kids. Um, And so there was, um, like, all of the baseball players, sons and daughters were all in there always playing together. We had, like, these really cool, like, zoos they brought in, and they'd bring in, like, all these cool animals. Like, we've seen it all. They've brought in, like, water zoos. They've brought in, like, alligators and, like, tigers and... In, into cool the things. locker room? No, into oh. the family room. Okay. Where, like, the kids and stuff hung, hung out, and they always, like, kind of... Well, that's something I have never heard before. Do you remember any of, like, your childhood friends who were sons or daughters yeah, of of the players? Yeah, I still talk to a lot of them. Really? Yeah. Who? Because I'm just interested, um, obviously, since I'm asking. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. The most so well-known be Tyler and Tate Soderstrom... So Tyler was just drafted to the Oakland A's. Okay. Um, and our families are still like best friends. Okay. We're really close with them. So. Yeah, I'm very, cool. I'm That's very so cool. jealous just, of that experience. It's so cool. It just you know, the fun parts that we love about sports. You know the, how it brings people together, yeah. it brings families together. Even after you leave the team, it still lives on. Yeah, definitely. Twenty years, at, almost twenty years after the fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have a lot of cool friends still from that that have we we talk a lot so it's really nice so better athlete you or your sister (laughs) 
different athletes, me and Molly. Sure. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Different positions. I honestly, I'm being totally honest, I think she's probably the more gifted athletically, like natural athlete. But So you say you've had to you've had to work at it more? Um this is fun. I, I, like, I like putting you on the spot and yeah, making you uncomfortable tough. and just hearing the, oh, boy, uh, how yeah. How do I answer that yeah. one? I hope she doesn't listen to this later. <laughs> yeah, she'll probably, like, put it on for all her, like, roommates to hear, and I'll be, like, embarrassed later on. It's okay, though. Um, Where are you moving on to? Uh, I have not made my final decision yet, Okay. But hopefully getting close, but do I you, don't know. Do you know what schools are... Kind of on your, your final list, or do you prefer not to say at this point? Let's keep it on the DL for now. Okay. Until we're closer. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm good with that. All right, cool. All right, awesome. Emma, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast talking to you. Yeah, uh, really appreciate it. Good luck in districts, and I'm sure we'll be following your career even post <laughs> high school. So thanks awesome. again. Thank you guys so much. This was yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Once again, a giant thank you to Emma Mirabelli for coming in, spending uh, about 20 minutes with us, sitting down here in the studio and talking about everything from volleyball to uh, her mistaken height on a recruiting profile online, and then, of course, to uh, being the daughter of a a two-time World Series champion. So thanks again, Emma, um, and congratulations on those 2,000 kills. Speaking of which, she was our... Hall of Fame athlete last week. Yeah. And she was in here today, signed her jersey, which, which, which we was so had. weird. I'm so bummed that we didn't get to get that on the actual podcast. But once we turned off the, the mics and she got up and she saw that her jersey was literally her, one of her old jerseys that and she, she could, wore. And she could tell because it was one of the elbows had a rip in it. And we, we took it off the wall, and sure enough, the el- same rip in the elbow. We're like, what do we do with this now? It gets your jersey. Yeah, for those who have not seen the Get Around Podcast Studio, which is probably most of our listeners because you can only hear us, we have got T-shirts, jerseys, and towels, and all that stuff from all the different high schools uh, around the area. And uh, we want more. So if you've got any that you want to send our way, uh, 120 West Front Street, Traverse City. We, there's, also, we, there's also a couple thank you cards. We got one from Buckley. Uh, and a Darth Vader. We've got a Darth Vader up there. Yeah, and we, uh, we ba- want some from Bel Air, girls basketball. One Baby Yoda. Frankfurt, it looks like. Yeah, lots of great stuff. Lots of wonderful stuff. But let's uh, go ahead and get into the Get Around Hall of Fame. Uh, a couple of athletes that we're going to go ahead and put up. Like I said, Emma made the Get Around Hall of Fame last week. Signed her jersey and also signed her big board, which was great. Uh, why don't you go ahead uh, and kick us off, Andrew, with your nomination. So I was at the Grand Traverse Academy volleyball game the other day. They're on their second 10-win season in a row, and I think they won over Charlton Huss in the other night, too, so that would have 11 wins yep. now. Yeah, they got, they're got they in Glen Lakes District. Um, I think they have Elk Rapids in the first round. I think that game's tonight. But I'm going to give it to Morgan Smith. She had 10 aces, 9 digs, and a pair of kills. So that's 12 points, and you're scoring 10 of them on the first rally. So Yeah, awesome. Uh, I'm going to go from Saturday's football game between St. Francis and Harrison. 
And I'm going to go ahead, and my nomination is going to be Wyatt Nosedis. Uh Traverse City St. Francis, 193 yards of total offense uh, in the Glad 64-34 to 34 win against Harrison. That was in a district semi. Uh, five touchdowns as well, and got him in all different sorts of ways. The only way that would have been great for him to get another one would have been like a kick punt return or a kick return or a fumble return, something like that, interception return. He had three rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, and a passing touchdown. Yeah, he's only thrown like three passes this season. So that's the funny part. So he, and he's got one of those uh, is a TD. Um, so how do you want to? I mean, it's just the two of us. Yeah. How do we want to do this? Oh, I don't know. Do they're, we just want to throw them both in? Yeah, they're both pretty good athletes. Perfect. I'm good with that. Let's <laughs> throw them both in. So congratulations to Morgan and Wyatt. You are the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame. And hopefully they're going to celebrate with some Halloween candy. Yeah. I had one trick-or-treater at my house yesterday. One. Yeah, I was it. so bummed. I had a huge bowl of candy, and I had one trick-or-treater, and she was probably like maybe three or four years, probably like four years old. And she came up, and she was just, she had this beaming smile on her face, dressed up as a fairy princess. And she was the only one that I had, so I gave her like 15 pieces of candy. <laughs> and she was so happy. I didn't see this... Um, but as she was walking away, uh, I, I just I turned around and she was like bouncing down the steps and super happy and she was like giving her dad a high five and just so happy and it like absolutely made my night because I really I, I've lived in an apartment and so I haven't really had the chance to get trick or treaters uh, but this year I had a house and I was like all right this is gonna be great this is gonna be so much fun uh, and I got one I got I talked to a lady at the bank today she said that she had eighty five. That was what she estimated. She had 85 trick-or-treaters. How do you I, estimate like, 85? Like, okay, I had like 100 or 50 or something like that. I think maybe she was actually keeping count. She might have been, you know, taking it off one at a time as they came in there. But, yeah, she said 85. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, part of Washington Street was blocked off. Yeah. Um, I remember writing. Yeah, that's the place to go. I remember writing an article about 6th Street last year and nuts. Like, wall, like whole street gets full of people and cars. I remember I have a similar story. I'm... If, if I talk about where I lived in college, I still have to ring the bell. I mean, if you mention Lawrence, Kansas, yeah. Just, yeah I'll do it because I mentioned it. All right. Oh, you, you mentioned it this time, so I don't have to ring it. Um, but I lived in a non-student area, and we are like, okay, we're going to get trick-or-treaters. Like the first, so the first year we went, we had trick-or-treaters, and we didn't have anything. <laughs> we had like two or three people, and we were like, okay, what do we do now? We went to like the... Yeah, it's like the pantry, grab some, like, those tiny bags of chips that you have hanging around. Second year, I'm like, okay, we have to be prepared for Halloween. We have to go. So I went to the Dollar Tree and got, like, a bag of fun-sized candy to hand out. And I got five. I, I swear to God, I think that's the way it works. I feel like if I didn't buy any candy this year, I would have gotten a bunch of trick-or-treaters. Yeah. And I would have just had to, like... Tell them, no, 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 no. Basically, I'm like, here, um, here's an egg. I got, I got a <laughs> slice of Kraft uh, American cheese. I got a bottle of water. I, yeah, that's, uh, that's about, that's all I got for you. Um, but yeah, it was, like I said, I was really excited. I, at least I got one, and, and that's fine. But this uh, leads us perfectly into our trifecta this week, since Halloween was indeed yesterday. Do you have a favorite Halloween candy, that one that you really liked to get when you were... Were you a uh, were you a pillowcase guy when you went and trick or treated, or did you have like one of those orange plastic pumpkins? Uh, I was a pillowcase. Yeah, me too. 
orange plastic pumpkins were not enough. <laughs> I think it would break if, if I didn't have um, I would say the orange Kit Kats. So, like, the kind of like the orange chocolate Kit Kats. So, was it just, like, regular milk chocolate dyed orange? I think it was white chocolate dyed orange. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So or really, sometimes they taste it differently. I don't know. I just thought it was the coolest thing you could get. That's why I love the orange uh, Oreos. I legitimately believe those taste different than the regular Oreos, and I think they taste better. All the Oreos taste different. Yeah. Um, the red ones are better than the orange ones, though. You like the red Christmas ones? Yeah. Okay. All right. I just, I, I think it's just, I hearken back to, like, third grade and having the Halloween parties in class and painting pumpkins and really... Uh, and having like Oreos out and snacks and stuff like that, but for me, a uh, hundred grand. I love a hundred, and those aren't a popular candy bar. Those certainly aren't up there with like uh, Reese's or Kit Kat or Milky Way or Three Musketeer or but even they're like a uh, very. Uh, it's a it's a tiny but mighty candy bar. The hundred grand. Yeah. Yeah. Packs a punch because it's basically just what caramel, rice, and chocolate. <laughs> yeah. But it's still super good. No. Oh. Yeah, that is that's definitely one of my favorites. Baby roofs too. And Halloween always gives me an excuse to buy a bag of those. And then I am happy if I don't get trick or treaters and I can save all the hundred grand for myself. So Nestle does make some good candies that are very forgotten. Well, Andrew, it was uh Damn good episode, Yeah, in my opinion. I, I We had a lot of fun in here. Uh, again, thank you to Emma Mirabelli for coming in here. Uh, episode 195, we are in the books and getting closer to 200. Make sure that you go check out our Twitter feed and vote on the final Football Helmet Mayhem matchups. Again, that's going to be... Uh, what Glen Lake versus Gaylord St. Mary and TC St. Francis versus Gaylord. So Andrew's going to go ahead and put those up. He's going to be the one that does it this week. So Gives you a bad mojo. Well, yeah, because I screwed up last week. So again, thank you so much for listening. This has been episode 195 of the Get Around Podcast. Have a good one.